Welcome back to the Full Court Press. It is January 31, 2020. We're back for the spring semester. Daniel, Anthony, James, myself, the whole crew, the band is back together. So, guys, what's up? How was the break? All good, guys. What about you? A terrific break. A lot of interesting stuff going on. Um, but good. good to be back. The brand is strong as ever. Anthony? Uh, break was okay. I mean, it's kind of disappointing to hear about what happened last week, which we'll get into in a little bit. But I mean, right. overall, it was pretty good. I mean, we might as well just get into it now, hop right into it. Um, on Sunday, Kobe Bryant passed away. Him and his daughter, along with seven other people, crashed um, in a helicopter accident in California. All of them passed away. And obviously, Kobe Bryant is one of the icons, not just basketball, but sport in general. So, guys, what was your reaction when you first heard about the news? Uh, well, I was, I was in total shock. I thought someone was just messing around with me. Um, but, you know, when you hear a story like that, not just Kobe, but the other eight people, including his daughter and the, and the baseball coach and the rest of the pilot, everyone that lost their lives, you're just kind of in shock. Kobe was like a, a more, he was bigger than life itself. He, you know, and I think the shock factor is that, you know, it seemed like when he played, he was like, he was made out of steel. Like nothing could stop this man from playing or doing whatever he wanted to do. And it only seemed like just because his basketball career was over, it seemed like his next life of doing movies and the uh, little cartoon he made that one, uh, was it a, Oscar, no, one Oscar, one one yeah, one Academy one Award, um, and he was and his he was so excited to see what his daughter was going to do as a basketball player, along with growing the rest of his family. So you know, it's very it's 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 very tragic, and we we saw how much of an impact that had not just on the NBA, but just on regular people, other athletes, people who aren't even in, involved in sports at all. I mean, what hurts the most is that we all grew up watching Kobe Bryant, so it was. One of those people we thought would live forever, only to find out that, you know, I mean, not to compare him, but like Bill Russell is still alive, but Kobe Bryant, to, you know, see him dead at 41 is shocking. And also, he was, like, across all platforms of sports. Like, in soccer, he supported AC Milan, Barcelona, and the whole world showed recognition and respect to him. And even people who have never watched basketball before you know, recognized his greatness and were, you know, hit by his death. Yeah, I mean, it's like saying what would happen if LeBron or Michael Jordan suddenly died. I mean, the world would be in disarray. I mean, Kobe was just one of those global icons that, like, almost everyone could recognize. Um, I know he was a basketball icon even in China. Um, I think he started doing stuff in Mexico, you know, as the NBA was expanding. But he was one of those global icons that touched pretty much everyone that saw him. He was one of those players you tuned in just to see. And, I mean, the whole city of Los Angeles, I know they had a huge memorial in front of Staples Center. They did a memorial in front of his high school in Pennsylvania. But, I mean, overall, Kobe was just, uh, he was a uh, he was a father, obviously. He was a husband. He was a lot of things that um, people looked up to. He was an inspiration for a lot of people. And to see him go so soon is definitely a shock for everyone. Yeah, I remember... Um this was actually the day I got back to the U.S., so I was I was really tired. I was jet-lagged, and at around 2 p.m., I decided to take a nap, you know, whatever. I figured, like, I'm not doing anything. Nothing's going on. There's nothing to watch. So I took a nap, and then um, I woke up two or three hours later, and I had a couple messages on my phone. I checked one of them, and it was just a screenshot of Kobe's death announced on 
I don't know, like TMZ or the Washington Post or something. So when I first saw that, I was obviously in shock. I couldn't believe it. It was just so surreal because, as you said, James, this wasn't someone who, you know, was older or, you know, had any health problems. In fact, it was the complete opposite, still very young, very in tune with himself physically, emotionally, and spiritually, it seemed like. So the fact that he died was just very terrible. And I know that for me personally, it was the celebrity death that has marked me the most, I think, ever. It's like uh, a lot of it was a shock factor, too. No one expected it. And it's not like it's not like Kobe was one of these athletes who was not really active, but he was just sort of sitting home. You know, you saw him at Laker games. You saw him on, you know, different podcasts. You saw him doing stuff on TNT, ESPN. It's a, it's a shock, and at the same time, you know, we talk about the coverage of it. It was kind of disappointing when you looked at the coverage. Like, all right, we, we got Kobe's death, but then everyone was trying to be first. You know, there were reports that said all four of his daughters or even his wife was on the plane, uh, on the helicopter with him. They were, I don't know, it was just a lot of different things. I think one of them even said Rick Fox was on the, was on the helicopter with him. So, you know, it was one of those things where, I think TMZ, as much crap as they get, they were the ones that actually pretty much reported everything correctly. Yep. They got it first, but everything that they reported was correct compared to other news outlets and channels that were reporting on this instead of, you know, a lot of people were focused on being first instead of getting it right. Yeah, and I agree with you completely. I think TMZ, actually, for all the crap that they get most of the time when it comes to huge things like this, especially in the world of media, sports, and celebrity culture as a whole, they tend to get things right more often than not. Um, obviously, you can say a lot about the fact that they apparently published this on their website before Kobe's family was even informed about what had happened. And, you know, we can debate all day about whether or not that's morally correct or whether they have the obligation to report it as soon as they, you know, learn of the news. But... Yeah, it says a lot that, you know, ABC suspended an anchor for for reporting, as Daniel said, that all four of, her, of his daughters were dead. So hopefully going forward, there's been a lot of great pieces about Kobe remembering him, honoring him. So hopefully that continues in the future. You know, it's, uh, like we said, the purpose of him being on that helicopter was, you know, just to have another basketball game. And, you know, they obviously said it was a tough day to fly, but, you know, Kawhi came out in support of that pilot that unfortunately lost his life as well. And you're not there for Kobe Bryant. He would trust that pilot probably with his life flying that many times back and forth with him. I mean, I even saw reports that Kawhi even used the same pilot that um, died, unfortunately. Um, pilot had, you know, thousands of miles of experience. So, I mean, the circumstances other than, like, bad weather, it seemed like a great day to fly. You had all of the experience in the world. But sometimes, you know, at unexpected moments, your life can just be taken from you. And I mean, it's very tragic. Um, but transitioning to back to the um, the tributes, um, even if certain teams didn't even like Kobe, I mean, they did like the eight second backcourt violations and the 24 second shot clock violations, you know, to begin the games, which I thought was pretty cool. And even and actually I wanted to get your uh, opinions on this. So the Lakers-Clippers game that was originally scheduled on Tuesday ended up getting canceled. Now, I've seen reports saying, you know, um, Kobe would have wanted the game to continue as he was such a competitive guy. Do you think the NBA got it right with this decision? I think they did because players don't have the, not mental fortitude, but they weren't in the right mindset to play a basketball game. 
And it's one of the biggest in the season. So these are the kind of games that can go into a Western Conference final, Lakers-Clippers. And for you to reflect on a game played right after Kobe Bryant's death would have no bearing on the true potential of these two teams. It's, it's definitely a, it definitely was a hard choice for them to make just because um, a lot of teams did play that day. But if, if you saw if you saw all those games, a lot of them, you know, were just, I don't want to say dragging, but it was tough for them to get through. You know, they lost, most of them lost an idol or at least someone they watched growing up. Or like even the Knicks, you know, it's hard for, you know, Julius Randle was on the court with Kobe during that last game. You know, Lou Williams was on that roster with them, you know. D'Lo was on the on the roster with them. So, you know, for those guys to, um, to you know, get through that, it wasn't easy. And, yeah, Kobe would have wanted them to play, but emotionally, you know, those guys, you know, they, they weren't ready to play. And that's just, you know, that's just what happens when you have a tragedy like this. Yeah, I agree. And it's not even just the players, but the entire Lakers staff and organization, they've obviously known Kobe for, what, 20, 25 years. So it wasn't just the team mourning. It was everyone involved, the owners, the staff, even, you know, the cleaning ladies who all knew Kobe. So I think it was the right decision to postpone that Lakers-Clippers game. We have the Lakers playing tonight against the Portland Trailblazers, tonight being January 31st. So we'll probably cover that game on the podcast next week. But even tonight, Carmelo Anthony is sitting out, one of Kobe's friends, and he's sitting out because he's still mourning his loss. So I think we can see through things like that just how widespread the repercussions of his passing was and how much he truly meant to everyone in the basketball world. I think one tragic thing about this is the loss the WNBA is going to take from this because Kobe had four daughters and his oldest or I think the mid one, Gigi, uh, was a talent that everyone you know, assumed would secede Kobe Bryant in the world of basketball. And tragically, she will never be able to make her name for herself. But there was a petition to get her jersey number hung in the Staples Center alongside his. Um, I don't know how much truth there is in that, but I think it should be taken into consideration. Also, there was a lot of talk about changing the logo. I personally felt for a long time that it should have been revamped. But since greats like Michael Jordan... You know, haven't gotten a look into that. I'm not sure Kobe Bryant will. But uh, I think it's not only a great tribute, but a good way to refresh the NBA. So one of the other gestures that the NBA has done to honor Kobe um, is revamping the All-Star game a little bit. The new format is a bit confusing to explain, but essentially the score um, resets a few times. And then at the end of the game, there's a target score in which the leading teams point um, the points scored so far, they have 24 points added to that. And as soon as one of the teams gets to that target score, the game ends. We'll see how that plays out. I kind of like the all-star game, how it was, but maybe this will encourage even more defense in the fourth quarter. Who knows? And it was actually announced today as well that the two teams will be wearing numbers to honor Kobe and his daughter, uh, Gianna. So one of the teams will be wearing 24 for Kobe. The other team will be wearing the number two for her. I think it's a great gesture, but let's break down the all-star rosters a little bit then, starting with the Eastern Conference. So let me just pull up the starters here. Might as well go through the entire roster, actually, and you guys can let me know if everything sounds good to you or if, you know, there's anyone who deserves to be on there and didn't make it. So for the all-star roster, the backcourt is made out of Trey Young and Kemba Walker, Front court with Giannis, Pascal Siakam, Joel Embiid. 
And the reserves are Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, both of Miami Heat, Ben Simmons, Chris Middleton, Kyle Lowry, DeMontis Sabonis, and Jason Tatum. Any snubs? Any Anything wrong? I think the main guy, at least in the Eastern Conference, they got snubbed is Bradley Beal. Yeah. Um, I know he was averaging yeah. 28 points a game, and I understand the Wizards are pretty bad, but... You know, the Hawks are doing worse, and Trey Young was able to get a starting spot. So I think Thank he's you. ultimately the biggest snub. Yeah, I mean, that would those 28 points he's averaging, that's the most uh, any all-star snub has ever averaged. So, And he talked about it last night. The, the quote was pretty funny. You know, he said he felt disrespected, but it's what he expected from uh, from what was going on. But yeah, he that's an all that's an all star twenty. I don't care what team you play for, you average twenty eight points a game. You know you should deserve to be on the all star roster. Yeah, I agree completely with that. And I like Trey Young. I loved him coming out of college. I think he's a great player who is still underrated because people think that all he does is you know shoot deep threes. But he's such an underrated playmaker too. But while he deserved to make the all star roster, I feel like the NBA is rewarding losing by making him a starter. He's been great offensively, but he's one of the worst, if not the worst, defender in the league. And meanwhile, Ben Simmons, who for me is playing at a defensive player of the year level, he's on the bench for Trey Young. And I get it's the all-star game, and I get that at the end of the day, you know, it's whether you're an all-star or not. But with things like if Trey Young is going to be a starter, then Bradley Beal should absolutely make the roster. But I just feel like with all the hype surrounding Luka Doncic and the rookie of the year last year, having Trey Young as a close second... And their resemblance to the whole rivalry that Magic Johnson and Larry Bird had. I feel like the NBA is trying to push its marketing into, have these, into having this rivalry revamped again. And that's probably why Trey Young gets rewarded um, in order to keep pace with Luka Doncic. I mean, it's kind of weird because I don't really know what the formatting was, at least for the way they did the starters. Because you would think with the starters, they were rewarding you know individual outputs. You know, Trey Young's having a great season on a bad team and so on. But as you go to the reserves, which are obviously picked by the coaches, not by the media or the fans, they rewarded winning a little bit more over individual output. So I think the differentiating formulas between the starters and the reserves are a little interesting for the Eastern Conference. All right, and real quick, this might be a hot take, but I don't think Jason Tatum deserves to be in the All-Star game. I think it should be Jalen Brown instead. Well, I think Bradley Beal should be in over both of them. I think that's the guy you really got to put. Yeah, in. I agree with Dan totally, hundred percent. Word, James. 100%. I think, uh, I think, I think Brown. If he, I would go Beal, Brown, Tatum, that would be. Yeah, what I, agree. I would do if that were the case. All right, but now moving on to the Western Conference All Stars, backcourt starters: Luka Doncic, who sprained his ankle earlier this week, but he should make the All Star game apparently. First All Star selection for him in his second season in the league, joined by James Harden. And then the front court with LeBron James, who's the captain, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis. And on the bench, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, Rudy Gobert, Brandon Ingram, first all-star berth for him, Chris Paul, 10th for him, Donovan Mitchell, and Russell Westbrook. For me, I don't know. I mean, I'm happy for Ingram. I'm happy for Gobert. I think they both deserve to be there. Very happy for Chris Paul, actually. But uh, Russell Westbrook, I'm not so sure. I mean, for me, I think the roster is at least better compared to the Eastern Conference. But, I mean, I would pro- the one change I'd probably make is to switch Brandon Ingram for Devin Booker. Because I think even though they both are having uh, similar type seasons, you can make the argument that Devin Booker is having a bigger impact on the Suns than Ingram on the Pelicans. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think I would even put 
um, Booker over Russell Westbrook as well. Yeah, I think uh, you know Russell Westbrook. He's had a he's had a good season, but I think Devin Booker. You know, it, it's it's a big snub for him, especially the fact that he's really played like an all star pretty much for the last three or four seasons. But he's just been on a bad team, which has held him back. I also feel like that's a franchise-altering decision that they made by snubbing him because now he's going to feel like, I can't win anything in this team. I want to join the Lakers or you know a team that can give me the chance to win titles. I do agree that he's going to be feeling like he can't be an all-star in Phoenix. And I understand that the Western Conference is a harder conference to get out of than the East. But again, if you have Trey Young, who is on one of the worst teams in the league, in the Atlanta Hawks, and you have Devin Booker um, in the Phoenix Suns who, okay, I'm not going to say like, you know, they're going to make the playoffs or whatever, but they're a competitive team. Like if you play against them, they're going to give you a fight most nights, they're especially only, now that Aiton yeah, is back. They're only three so. and a half games out of an eight seed. Yeah, so I mean, I don't expect them to make the playoffs, but they're competitive. And the fact that, you know, you, Devin Booker doesn't make the roster to me feels like a huge snub. And hopefully he makes it next year. I hope this propels him to have a great rest of the season. But again, I do feel like he should be angered over this decision. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's tough for him because he's even this year. You you see each year he's growing more and more. You know, he's I don't know how much I don't know. You know, he keeps setting that bar even higher and higher each year. So it's going to be incredible to see. You know, I think Aiton's going to mature a little bit more as we go into next year. Uh, they still got the young core. But I can only imagine, you know, what type of, uh, you know, hype he would be getting if he wasn't stuck in Phoenix with a team that's playing sort of lackluster basketball. All right. Um. So to end the podcast, you know, since we all know the Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday, we think to make our own little picks, give a quick explanation as to why we chose them. And uh, from there, we'll uh, go out. So who would like to start? <clears throat> Uh, I'll I'll start with a little bit of a hot take here as a gambling man. Um, I will say Chiefs take it home, and I would say Chiefs, what's the spread? We got Chiefs minus one and a half. I'm taking the Chiefs covering over that. I'm going to say like a seven. I I would say I kind of want to say they're going to win by like 15 to 20, but I'll be more conservative. 15 to 10, I think, is going to be the spread. I agree with Daniel. I think the Kansas City Chiefs will be taking the Super Bowl this year. Pat Mahomes, great season, great way to cap it off. I'm going to say they win by, I'm going to say a couple touchdowns. Um, I have the same result as well, but I think the game will be a lot closer. I think the Chiefs will win 24-21. You know what, guys? You know, just to spice things up, I'm going to pick the 49ers because once upon a time, the Patriots were 16-0. and and then they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. No one expected it. And if I were to bet on this game and do that, and that were the result, I'd make mad bank. So why not? All right. Well, either we're all, either we us three are all going to be wrong, or you're going to be the only one who's wrong. So we'll talk about that next week. But thanks once again for joining us. You know, we're glad to be back. Last semester for two of us, Daniel and I. So you know, be on the lookout for more full court press. Be on the lookout. For the sports section on the Stony Brook Press, be on the lookout for the entire magazine. So be sure to catch up on all that content and we'll be back for more.